0: Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world.
1: In 2 Kings chapter 2, and beginning in verse 9. <coughs> 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. And it says, And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, It shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire that parted them before Asunder, both Asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning of expounding your word. And I pray that our hearts may be encouraged and also our hearts may be challenged that we will be, we, will, we could become the children of God that you desire for us to be. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise and glory, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> this morning I would like to bring out to you a few points concerning the calling of God. Now, I know that our church is a church where God is moving by his Holy Spirit in a very special way. We've seen many from our ranks, right here from within our church, we've seen them separated by God and called into the ministry. I could think of many right now that that are out there in full-time ministry that used to sit right here in our services. They were, they were saved in our church, and then the time came that the Lord separated them and gave them a definite call to full-time ministry. In fact, I just flew in yesterday from Phoenix, Arizona, and I was there with Brother Tony and Patsy Garcia. And I'm telling you that they're doing a tremendous, beautiful, beautiful work. I went with Mitchell Peterson. We flew out on Friday. And I was able to be with them on Friday night in their evening service, Friday night service. That place was full of people. God had blessed them, given them a harvest of souls. Not only has the Lord blessed them as far as giving them souls, but also the Lord has given them the property that they've been renting. They've been leasing and renting the property for... For about five months. They've only been out in the field five months. And already they're buying and purchasing. Their very own church building. Very own property. I'm telling you. And those people have been sacrificing. And giving of their finances. And I was amazed to see. Brother Tony. I couldn't help but think. And as I saw Brother Tony get up. And he was giving the announcements. He was a little bit nervous. He was like preaching his announcements, you know. You know, I was behind him, and he even told the congregation, I'm kind of a little bit nervous, he said, and he went ahead, gave his announcements, and to see the way he conducted himself, and the way that God is just blessing him, and Patsy, Patsy also was able to sing, and she's involved in the the, uh, ministry of music as well, and I was just sitting back, and I said, praise God, this beautiful couple right from our church that the Lord separated them and is using in tremendous way right in the Phoenix area, in Phoenix, Arizona. So our church is a church where people have been separated, and we have seen it over and over again, God separating people to the work of the ministry. Now, here in the Bible, in the passage of scripture that I have just read, we find that we find the story of Elisha. And Elisha was groomed by Elijah. Elijah took time in in working with Elisha in developing him. And one of the things that Elisha had, Elisha had a deep desire to receive a double portion of the anointing of God. That even When Elijah tried to discourage him and told him, Elisha, you don't have to be following me so close. Elisha said, no way, I'm staying with you until I receive that double portion that God is going to give me. So we see that this was a man that was a man that was separated, a man that was called of God. And there are a few things that I would like to bring out this morning concerning the call of God. First of all, I would like to bring out that God calls unlikely people. This is something that we see throughout the Bible. And not only do we see it throughout the Bible, but we also have experienced it right here in our church, and we have, we have experienced it right here in our fellowship. Now, Elisha was an unlikely person to be called of God. Elisha, the Bible says, was a plowman. And even though he was a plowman, and even though he was in the field plowing away, God had a definite purpose for his life. And the Lord called him into the work of the ministry. Not only do we see this in the story of Elisha, but we also see it in the story of Moses. Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, in the backside of the desert when God called him. He had been a fugitive for 40 years when God came and called him. And listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10 and 11. Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now you notice the answer that Moses gave, he felt very insignificant. He felt that God couldn't possibly use him. And I think that this is the feeling that most people get. I think at the same time, it is a very good feeling to feel that because when you feel so insufficient, when you feel so incapable, of accomplishing the work of God then there's a tendency to put our dependency not in self but to put our dependency totally and completely in God and do you know that God has to work like that within our lives many times he has to break us so that we could come to that place of not depending on self but depending on God and we find this this is evident in the life of Moses Moses in the beginning he thought he was self-sufficient. Remember in the beginning when he, he set out to, to deliver the children of Israel and he even killed a man? And every, everything turned against him. And the reason why, it was because it was bad timing. It wasn't God's timing for him to deliver the children out of Egypt. But he still needed some work. He felt, well, I, in the prestige that I have, and the authority that I have in, 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 in the kingdom of, of Pharaoh, I'll be able to use my, my pull, I'll be able to use the authority that I have in delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt, but it didn't work that way. It actually backfired on him. And then finally, 40 years later, when you see him broken in the backside of the desert, when you see him in a condition that he felt that it isn't possible for God to use him, he felt so unworthy, he felt so insufficient, he felt like a total failure, that's when God came and said, Moses, now I am ready to use you. Now I am ready to send you to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Because he learned the lesson of not depending upon himself, but his dependency should be upon God. He was a broken man, and this is why he answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. He even said that in verse, in verse 1 of of chapter 4, he says, and Moses answered when God called him and said, but behold, they would not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. So you find that God had to encourage him. God had to build him up and make him over again so that He could go ahead and accomplish the work that God had called him to do. He was a broken man. And you know that the people that God is able to use are broken people. People that have learned that in in themselves they can do nothing. This is what the Apostle Paul had to learn. And this is why he had such a tremendous encounter. His experience with with Christ was a, a humiliating experience. Here he was persecuting, a persecutor of the church. But what happened? He had a confrontation with Jesus Christ. He went totally blind. And I believe the the reason for his blindness was so that he could realize that he could not depend on himself. He was totally dependent on somebody else. Somebody had to take him by the hand. And God was teaching him that even though he had all that knowledge, even though Paul had all that knowledge, And even though he had all that background, that he was a Pharisee, a Pharisee, that the only way God was able to use him was when he totally and completely put his dependency upon God. And you find that the Apostle Paul even said that. He said, I am determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I of myself can do anything. Anything. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You find it throughout all his writings that he was a man that was broken, made over again, a man whose dependency was in Christ. And that's the only way that God is able to use us. Also we find another example in the Bible, we find Gideon. And in Judges 6, verse 15 and 16, it resembles, I mean it goes it's almost the same, the way they respond when God called them. If you notice, it, 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 it resembles tremendously. I mean, it's almost word by word. Listen to what Gideon, Gideon was threshing wheat and hiding from the Midianites, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and told him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man, man of valor. Imagine that. The angel said, Call them thy, thou mighty man of valor. I'm sure Gideon probably responded, Who are you talking to, me? But God was pointing out to what he was about to be. God was able to look at Gideon, not see the Gideon now, but the Gideon that was to be, the Gideon that was going to develop as he placed himself totally in the hands of God. And listen. God went ahead and, and and then Gideon replied, listen to what he said, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You hear that? You hear the response that Gideon gave? Gideon didn't say, Oh, God, you made the right choice. Well, I've been waiting for you to just appoint me. I've been waiting for you to call me. I mean, I've been waiting to just turn loose. No, Gideon responded and said, uh, God, I think you've made a mistake. Well, I'm the very least in my, my father's house. I'm the very least. I mean, I am nothing. I am so humble. I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to give. And then God says, well, you're exactly the person that I am looking for. O oh, Gideon, thy, thou mighty man of valor. So, we have to be broken before God is able to use us. And even Jeremiah, we find in Jeremiah 1, verses 4 to 9, and we find how he responded, it says, The word of the Lord came before me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now you notice what God is telling Jeremiah? He's telling him, "Even before you were in your mother's womb, I had a plan for your life." See, God is all-knowing, and He is the one that calls us, and He is the one that appoints us to the work of the ministry. So he's telling Jeremiah, "I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nations, and then Jeremiah responds, and said, then said I, O Lord, I cannot speak, for I am a child, but the Lord said, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and where whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee, to deliver thee. You find that Jeremiah also responded. He responded. He felt very insufficient. He felt that by himself he wasn't able to accomplish anything. But God said, listen, don't be afraid of their faces. I am the one that called thee. I am the one that appointed thee to this ministry and to this work that I have called thee. So you find that all of them, all of them had the characteristic that they felt very insufficient in themselves and even in the new testament we find timothy in second timothy chapter one and verse six and seven paul has to tell timothy to stir up the gift of god that is within him he had the spirit of timidity he was intimidated very easy he had fear and then he says for god has not given us the spirit of fear But of power love and of a sound mind and i am sure that in every one of us that are involved in ministry i don't know if you have experienced it but i have experienced it all so many times that we feel that it's beyond us we feel this work that god has called me to do it is impossible for me to accomplish this task and there are times you think Maybe I should step aside and let somebody else take over. When you look at yourself and, and you, you see your shortcomings and you, you feel that, you feel the insufficiency, whatever you're involved in, some of you that are involved in home Bible studies, I'm sure that there's periods and moments within your life that you feel like quitting. You just feel like, I can't go on. I, I can't accomplish this, this tremendous task that God has called me to do. There's always moments like that within our lives. But in those low moments when we feel like that, it, you know, it's healthy to feel like that because it brings us to our knees. And we think we could do it by ourselves, then there's no need to pray. There's no need to seek God. But God purposely brings us to that place so that we can realize and recognize that the task that he has called us to and the work that he has called us to is way beyond our capabilities and that we desperately need God. And the only way we could be successful is when we place our lives in the hands of God. But you know, not only the ministry is like that, even sometimes even our Christian lives, even our Christian walk, how many times we feel, oh my God, I, I, I can't make it. When so many problems are surrounding you, so many circumstances that are not favorable, everything seems to be falling apart, you say, oh God, I, I can't make it. I'm, I'm going to fall. I, I can't make it under this pressure. I'm going to break under this pressure. You know what God is telling you? God tells you, well, listen, he that is within you is greater than he who is in the world. What happens is he develops you and he strengthens you and He gives you the overcoming power that you need to overcome whatever situation you may be in. This is why the Christian is unbeatable. We cannot, the Christian cannot be defeated if he puts his faith and trust and confidence in God. But when you begin to step out on your own and you think you can handle it, you macho, macho man, you can handle it by yourself, that's when you have problems. We cannot do the work of God in the arms in the arm of the flesh or in the strength of the flesh. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. In fact, we cannot even live an overcoming Christian life without the Spirit of God yielding to the Spirit of God inside of us. In ourselves, there isn't anything that's good. The flesh will produce flesh. Only the spirit produces of the spirit. So these men were men that felt so incapable, insufficient, and yet God was able to see something special within their lives. And you know that that's exactly the way God works with us. So many times we look at somebody, we say, oh, he'll never amount to anything. But God says, oh, you wait and see. I got my hand upon his life. And you know, there are so many examples of, of what I'm saying, we have, a, we have men out there that are living examples of what I, exactly what the Word of God is saying this morning. When you look at the, some of the pastors that are successful right now within the Victory Outreach Ministry, if you would know them, if you remember them a few years back when they were sitting in some of our churches, you would say they would never amount to anything. I remember Brother Ed Morales, you talk about somebody real rough. I mean, I would never... Called Ed to the ministry. We used to call him Mundi. Now we call him Pastor Ed. And you talk about somebody rough, man. I mean, you couldn't even have a conversation with him, a smooth conversation. I mean, he was very choppy and real rough. Everything was rough about him. Rough, rough. <laughs> rough, rough. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have never, in fact, when he came to me, and I've mentioned this before, when he came to me and told me that God had called to the ministry, I couldn't believe it. I said, not him. I said, Lord, you're making a big mistake. And do you know that this young man has one of the most powerful churches within the outreach? And God is making him smooth now. I noticed on the conference time, he got up, and I said, do some of the uh, announcements, and, you know, because when he gets that pulpit, he raw jaws, boy. You know, he comes, come. You better be ready, because he's got that whip out. You know what I mean? But he came up that conference real smooth and I saw him real smooth you know I said man my God you you specialize in miracles Lord and that's precisely what God is able to do God specializes in miracles look at brother Rudy how many children he has and I can't get over Rudy I can't I still can't get over it. brother Rudy you talk about an impossible case it was brother Rudy And he has children and grandchildren, and he has them scattered all over the place. God says, I want Rudy. I want Rudy, and I'm going to get Rudy, and I'm going to use Rudy, and I'm going to shape Rudy after, and I'm going to mold Rudy, and I'm going to fashion him after my likeness. So God is able to take unlikely people. You know the problem with some people? The problem with some people is that they they think they have too much to offer God and God has to put him on the shelf. And I've seen this happen in our church. I've had guys come to me, Oh, Brother Sonny, I just want to tell you that I have the degree of so-and-so and DDD and and PHA and this and that and so many different letters, you know, that he has according to his name. He says, I'm going to be a tremendous asset within this ministry. And I look at him I say, Oh, poor, dear child, boy, you don't know. You see, I'm not talking against bringing down education. It is good. I believe in education and I believe in bettering yourself and and having a secular education. But at the same time, we should have that education, but at the same time, recognize that our dependency, if we're going to accomplish the spiritual things of God, we can never do it in the arm of the flesh. It takes the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will break the yoke of bondage. And when we do that and when we humble ourselves and we recognize that our need of God, then God is able to use us. Let me move quickly now. I told Brother "Well, I'm going to be short because I want give time to David. He says, uh-huh. <laughs> <coughs> Secondly, so he calls unlikely people. That means that there's an opportunity for you. There's an opportunity, and that should encourage some of you that, you know, you're in, man. Right? You're in. <laughs> that means that you're, in, you're included. Secondly, God calls is always very clear and definite and unmistakable. When he calls, it's unmistakable, and you, you know that his calling is very clear and definite. In Elisha's case, it came through the instrumentality of Elijah. And we have to recognize that God himself is the director of all his work and he is the one that chooses and selects and commissions men and women for the work of the ministry. But many times he calls through the instrument of man. Many times it is someone that will come to you and say, brother, I feel that the Lord wants you in the work of the ministry. Or brother, I feel that, I feel that the Lord has been speaking to me about you becoming a pastor this happens many times and it happens in our church where God begins to deal with me but not only does God deal with with an instrument like he dealt with the instrumentality of Elijah in dealing with Elisha where Elijah came to Elisha but at the same time he also deals with the individual person God will never just deal with me about your calling into the ministry without also speaking to you in the case of brother tony that went to phoenix arizona the lord began to deal with me and and you know and i i don't have to be always with that person in fellowship constantly with a person you know i just look at the person and i could begin to see i feel myself being drawn to A particular person and I begin to watch that person because the Holy Spirit is saying I want you to observe this young man or I want you to take a look at this young lady because I'm doing something special within their lives and then without even them noticing it I'm watching them you know looking and I say that's right Lord you're doing a special thing in their lives I see it and with Brother Tony I remember that the Lord began to deal with me about separating him and sending him out to Phoenix Arizona and what I did with Tony is I call up on the phone. I said, Tony, I said, how do you feel about ministry? I said, do you feel that the Lord is speaking to you about possibly going into the ministry? He says, oh, Brother Sonny, he says, I just, I don't just feel it. He says, I know that my wife and I are called to the ministry. And then they said, when? We don't know when, but we know we're called, and it's, uh, I, there's no doubt within my mind. And then I said, well, Brother Tony, I feel you're called too. And I says, uh, are you ready to go? And then you see a hesitation. It's kind of quiet. And, you know, it was, now it's come to, now, now We're not only talking about it. Now it's time for action. And he says, yes, I'm ready to go. I says, okay, Tony, I need somebody in Phoenix. And I, I, I want you to pray about Phoenix, Arizona. I didn't say I want you to go right away to Phoenix. I want you to pray about Phoenix, Arizona and find out and seek God and find out what God would, ha- would say to you about Phoenix. You know what the brother told me? The brother responds to me and said, Brother Sonny, I don't have to pray. He says, already God has been dealing with me for over two weeks now about Phoenix, Arizona, and I was telling my wife, you know, it wouldn't it be wonderful, wouldn't it be tremendous that if only God would call us and we would be able to pastor in Phoenix. And then he said, but oh, it's impossible because there's somebody there already. He says, and his wife said, listen, don't think about Phoenix. There's somebody else there already in Phoenix, so forget Phoenix but oh I feel Phoenix so much inside of me and then all of a sudden I call him and I said brother have you considered the ministry and then I tell him I want you have you considered going to Phoenix and he says I don't have to pray about it It it's settled it's confirmed God wants us in Phoenix and it was a matter of days that he left all and he went into Phoenix and he's doing a tremendous work so God speaks to the instrumentality of man that's why we have leadership and this is why it's so very important for you to seek the counsel of leadership. But God is the one that does the choosing. Don't get mad at, at the leadership if you're not chosen. So many people get mad at the pastor. Pastor, you didn't give me this to do, or you didn't appoint me with this, and you, you, you sidetracked me. And many people blame the pastor or blame, blame the leadership because they haven't been chosen for a particular ministry. But I want to tell you this. If God has called you to the ministry, there isn't anybody that's going to withhold the ministry from you. God's purpose will become a reality. And you find that this is biblical, and we have a biblical example in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Jesus said, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And then notice what it says, Pray ye therefore... Pray who? Brother Sonny? No. Pray thee, therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto the harvest. So who's the one that sends forth
0: people that want to do the will of God? This is why it is a blessing or it is, uh, it is you could as a as a tremendous uh, uh, blessing when you see people leaving, coming out of a congregation and going to the ministry, that means that God is moving and working within that church. And that's why it's so important for us to be involved in the fasting and praying within our assembly. And it says, and as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, this is the way it says, the Holy Ghost said, you hear that? You hear that? I'll say it again. It says, the Holy Ghost said, Not the pastor, not the deacon, but the Holy Ghost spoke and said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. You hear that? Once again we find that it is God that does the separating. The Holy Ghost spoke and said, I want Barnabas, I want Saul, for the work of the ministry, the work that I have called them. And when they have fasted and prayed again, they get into fasting and praying. Oh my God! What a powerful church! And when they have fasted and prayed, and then lay their hands on them and send them away. Now you notice what that church of Antioch did? They laid hands on people and they send them out into the harvest field. That's the New Testament church, and that's what's going to be happening here this morning. We're going to be laying our hands on. A beautiful couple that we have seen them grow up and develop and within our from our very own ranks within our very own church and we're gonna be laying hands on them and sending them out into the mission field. We're sending them out into the harvest field and we're sending them to a big big city, the big apple in New York City. And these men were called by name and spoke to the church. God spoke through the church and and many times he speaks through the church and many times he speaks directly they were not self-appointed but they were appointed by God and this is why there isn't any room for self-appointed prophets self-appointed ministers you cannot be self-appointed it has to be God-appointed self-appointed people can never accomplish the work of God it must be God-appointed it must be Holy Ghost-appointed And it is God that does the choosing. And how do you know when you are called of God? Let me just throw this out. How do you know? What constitutes the call of God? Sometimes we are confused knowing the will of God, the call of God within our life. Let me mention, first of all, there's a need. You acknowledge the need. You begin to see a a particular need. And then there's a burning desire that takes place inside of you to meet that need. In the case of Brother David and Donna, they had a they started getting started up about New York, and they never been to New York. And then talking about unlikely people, God calling David into a big city of New York and he came from a town of over met over a thousand people. A big town of a thousand people. You talk about a isolated town. A thousand people. You know, I everybody knew each other over there. And all of a sudden, you couldn't get lost in that town. All of a sudden, God gets a hold of any separation. And what is he, put of New York, family has been talking to me about New York now for a number of years. Stanley Sands. Isn't it, would be nice for a New York. Maybe your hometown in New York. I think I dropped it one time when I was in one of the conferences. reason why the conferences are important. One of the conferences I would be preaching, I said, you know, New York, every day somebody's going to New York, and all of a sudden something dropped inside of them. And from that very moment, it is New York, and New York, and New York, and New York, and New York. And I was trying to keep them in L.A., L.A., L.A. Finally, I realized i got to release them and let them do what God wants them to do. And sure enough, There was a burning desire, they recognized the need, and wanted to see it, even without even seeing it, without even being in New York. And I said to them, look, I want to take you with me to New York so you can see for yourself. And I took them to New York, I showed them the ugliest, I I mean, I tried to even discourage them to see if there was a genuine call of God. I said, it's not a pretty scene, but I'll take you. And I took them, and I took them to the worst ghettos of New York. I said, look at these buildings, look at these people, look at this oppression. You know what they were saying? David and I. Isn't it beautiful? I'm pointing out all the ugliness. And I said, Isn't it beautiful? Because they were looking through the eyes of the Spirit. They were looking through the eyes of the Spirit. They were looking with a desire to meet that need. Not only were they able to recognize the need, but there was a burning desire in them that God was calling them to do something about it and to meet that need. So there was a burden. There was compassion. There was a prevailing inside of them to meet that need that existed in the big city, New York. So there's a desire to meet the need, not only that, but also there's an opportunity, doors must open. Now he had to come back and he had to wait until we were in agreement. The Lord would open the door. Opening the door means that Brother Sunny or those that are in the headship of the church, are going to feel the confirmation And if you feel that you feel your call for something, then you've got to pray that God also speaks to the head of the church or the headship within the church. And then then there's a a togetherness. There's a confirmation that takes place. So there was an agreement, and I felt I want to try to keep them. And then the Lord says, you release them. I said, so Lord, you're effective in the home Bible studies, and we're growing. And those are some of the best couples that I have in the church. The Lord said, release them. And I went over, I said, David, i got to let you go. And he said, praise the Lord. You know, praise the Lord. He's ready. Because he there was a desire. opportunity. The doors open, And also, not only that, but also when, when God calls somebody, God gives them the ability. Now, you notice, then they've been lately developing fast. There's been a fast development taking place in their life. See, I'm giving you an object lesson. I'm... I'm, I'm showing somebody that you could see with your very own eyes what God doing. I don't want to embarrass them, but I'm just bringing out what God is doing. I sat back and I heard David preach here on the Spanish-speaking service, some of you that were here. I was flabbergasted. I was, you know, set up there like a, a preacher who been preaching for 15 years. Oh, eloquent, Spanish, too, you know? I heard him speak Spanish like that, you know. And, speaking Spanish so eloquently and he I mean, brought out a powerful message look at the way he carries himself I mean people are ready it's not me that you cannot I cannot appoint somebody and make you respect somebody you know that that's why with a self appointed person that wants a title some people are always fighting and says, listen I'm a reverend, call me reverend and the people are going hey John hey Joe and, listen call me reverend you got to respect me I'm call of God. I'm a man of God. you are always fighting to, to, to gain the respect of people. It doesn't work that way. When you have an anointing upon your life, you don't even have to have a title. You don't even have to be sitting up in the platform. But when you have an anointing upon your life, and when God has sealed you with the seal of the Holy Ghost, and there's a blessing upon you, an anointing upon you, and you've been called to the ministry, you can sit in the very back row, and people will still recognize it know that there's a respect because they recognize they're able to recognize the man of God and they have been developing rapidly because God is getting quickly getting them ready to go out on the field and then last of all and i finish with this so he gives the ability and that's what he's been doing not only that and, and, and this is the point that I'm bringing out he gives that clip stall that he calls and God not only called Elijah for service but he also Equipped it. You know what? Uh, Elijah was very, very smart. And I hope that we could learn from that. Those of you that are involved in any form of ministry whatsoever, Elijah was very smart. He had a, he had a lot of wisdom. You know why? Because he realized that he not only needed a, he needed a double portion of the spirit. He said, "I don't want just what Elijah has. I want a double portion of the anointing of Elijah." He realized I need God. And I'm going to be successful and I'm going to be effective. I need God. And it takes God, it takes the anointing to break the yoke. And we have in 2 Kings 2, 9, 13, we're told how aware Elijah was of his need for spiritual power. He won a double portion of the anointing of Elijah. And then in Luke, Luke 24, 49, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but carry ye. Before they went out, the early church went out before they went out to turn cities right side up and turn cities upside down, the Lord says, Behold, I send, the father says, I send the promise of my father upon you, but carry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And Jesus said, and Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that the yoke is broken, and I conclude by saying this: in our church, we need the moving of the Holy Spirit. We need more prayer. We need more fasting. We need people to be surrendered unto God. It is God that is going to do the work. It's not program. This is it. It is not program. You can put a well, beautiful, tailor-made program. It's not going to work. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke of bondage. It is God that is able to do the work. And as we recognize that and as we feel so insufficient and we begin to seek Him and surrender ourselves to God, then we'll be able to see we'll be able to see much accomplished because it is God that is doing the work through us. And I believe that He says us, You're part of this fellowship and brother, come to the organ. You're part of this congregation you're in a visionary church i don't speak about it every week i don't speak about the great commission but you're in a church that we believe in the great commission we believe in this church that god has chosen us to go forth and be part of a tremendous end time move of god he's chosen us to do something about world evangelism and we have our part, and we have our responsibility in world evangelism. And not only in our community, but also other cities in America, and even beyond other cities in America, we could visualize people going into other parts of the world and taking the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, from that little church in La Puente, or that little church in Vassar Grande, you know it's possible? From basket, Grande, DG, you see it all over the place. Is it possible for God to raise up a lighthouse that's going to some people or other parts of the world? I say yes, a hundred, a thousand times yes, because God specializes in people who feel very insufficient, who recognize that it's not our power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit, that is working through us. I see many, many other Davids and many, many others that are going to be sent out. Not everybody will go out. We have others that will support. is what we support. And when we release people, not only do we send them out, but we have to be responsible in financing. You know, right now, tomorrow, you know how much we have to give? We're giving David and Donuts to go. we got to give him at least $5,000 to just get going to New York. $5,000. The 5,000 come from the comes from God's people to go. And not only go with the blessings and go, if they, if they watch it, you know, and I'll see you later. But we say, no, brother, we, we send you, but we're also responsible people, and we will find them. We don't want them begging out. They're going from church to church begging. Don't believe in that. Going and hitting everybody in New York. Help me, help me. No, 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 we're going to do the work, and we'll be behind you and we'll provide the fuel. We'll send the bucks, we'll send the finances, we'll back you not only in prayer, but in our finances, so that the work of God could be accomplished. And I want this morning, I want everybody standing with me, I want you to raise your hands. Raise your hands. Listen, I I feel God is dealing with some of you about the call of God within your lives. Maybe somehow there's, you feel again, once again, that you just feel it, God is speaking to you about you surrendering yourself and separating yourself to Him. You just know that God wants to use you. And once again, you feel it happening inside of you saying, Lord, I know that you want to use me. Help me to be obedient, Lord. But hey, you haven't placed yourself in that place where you could take and and what he wants to desire he wants to do within you to become a reality but this morning once again he calls you to remember him to stir up the gift that is within inside of you and i'm going to ask those of you you say brother sonny I, I need to come and i i want to come and i'm going to ask you that as you beginning to sing a song i'm going to ask you to stand right here just come stand and we're just going to have a little a little few moments of prayer together like you say i feel i feel that the lord wants me We pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.